You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. The interview subject I have coming up for you is Stephen Wilson. Steve has a new album out in 2021. It's called The Future Bites. I've had to listen to a couple of singles. They're on my iPhone, as a matter of fact, and I do listen to them a fair bit. Stellar stuff, indeed, is the entire album, which I've had a stream of. Uh, It's a bit more electronically focused than some of his other stuff in the past, but it's all great songwriting nonetheless. Now, something I need to tell you before we get to the interview proper. What you're about to hear doesn't sound like an interview, even though it was. What happened was, I got sent an invite from Stephen's people to participate in a Zoom meeting. No dramas there, but the problem these days is you've got to rely on the other party to either give you permission to record, or they've got to record it and send it through. It's happened a couple of times, no dramas, but... Stephen didn't set this one up, somebody in his team did, and he had no idea how to give me the option to record on my end, and he couldn't do it on his end. So I decided to use screen capture software. No dramas, or so you'd think. I thought everything went smoothly, I could see it was recording, but what I'd failed to do was turn on my microphone so as though you could hear Stephen's audio and my audio. So what I got was Stephen's beautiful voice and zero audio from me you can just see my lips moving in the video playback that is so what i've decided to do i've cut this one up a little bit i haven't edited for context at all i have just taken out stephen's responses to my questions and that's what you're about to hear so of course i can't get my question verbatim unless i was an expert lip reader and i could remember what i said but i've captured the essence of the question that i asked and what you're going to hear are stephen's responses so here he is Mr. Stephen Wilson. So I've mentioned that the album for 2021 is called The Future Bites. So what can fans expect? I think this album is a little bit more broad. It's not so personal. It's not directed at individuals. The stories are more from a broader perspective. But the some of the obsessions I have on this record are similar and kind of uh, continue on from To The Bone, the previous album. It's really um, an album about... Um, the idea of self and identity in 2020 and the fact that I've been sensing for some time, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, that the human race has in some respects been knocked off our trajectory of evolution by um, the advent of social media and the internet. It seems to have changed us in an incredibly short period of time, 25 years or so since the internet sort of came along and became very sort of omnipresent in our lives. And we've got to the stage now where I think we're all very, very self-obsessed. And we spend too much time posting pictures of ourselves or things on Facebook and expecting to get um, some kind of validation uh, sort of reflected back at us from the outside world. And this is a, I don't think this is a particularly healthy development in in the evolution of the species, you know. Um, And so so this album is really about that aspect of human evolution, the fact that we seem to be becoming more self-obsessed, more belligerent, um, in the sense that I think a lot of times now you go on the internet and you see people taking either a very black or a white position. and there's no compromise, no understanding. And of course, there's a lot of other things that feed into this. We've just lived through, you know, the Trump, the great Trump era, 
which of course has all been about stirring up belligerence and hatred and unrest. And that's his modus operandi. And I think it's no coincidence that a president like Trump um, could really, uh, you know, do so well in the era of social media where misinformation, disinformation, fake news, belligerence, hatred, uh, intolerance for another point of view are all so prevalent. So that's kind of broadly, I think, what this a lot of the themes on this album about. But there's also songs about consumerism and about how, you know, um, the most powerful people in the world these days are not politicians. They are the people that write algorithms that persuade us to buy things. Yeah. Persuade us to buy things and to what. And I think this is a very insidious world that we live in and one that we don't necessarily quite understand the long-term implications of, thus the title, The Future Bites. So the album is seriously inspired by how human beings are coping with living with the internet. What are Stephen's thoughts on the topic then? Yes, and, you know, it's a very strange relationship I think we all have with, with the internet because I'm sure, like me, you you know, you have this kind of love-hate thing going on with it where you, you see all this stuff happening, but at the same time, you're addicted to your phone and you're addicted to the internet and you're on forums and all this stuff. And it's, it's tapping into something that I think um, the human species, unfortunately, uh, it, it kind of it kind of panders to some of our worst instincts and f- and things like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok pander to those instincts too. that need to have self-validation, that kind of inherent. In- the need to see ourselves reflected back in the mirror from other people, you know, whether that's just liking the posts or liking the images. And that's not something very healthy for I mean, my kids are uh, seven, and nine, as I said. It's something very worrying to see how they become so quickly engaged with that whole universe and it becomes so powerful in their world and in their lives. And as I say, I think the next 20, 30 years, we're going to really see for real how this has affected the evolution of our species in a way that I think is not really clear right now. I think it's just a, I think we're kind of all vaguely aware there's something quite insidious about it but we're not quite sure exactly how it's going to affect the human species in the long term we we will find out the next generation will will prove to be they are the guinea pigs in a sense on this next point Stephen covers a number of topics but one of them a prominent one is political polarization well, in a way, I, I mean, that's what I was talking about when I was saying that I, I feel, you know, there's so much belligerence in the world now and that I've never known a more belligerent sort of time in the sense that people seem to be outraged so easily by simply taking an alternate perspective, taking an alternate stance, suggesting an alternate, uh, you know, opinion or perspective. People get so upset, you know, to the point of threatening violence um, and and that. You know, again, you can point to Trump, but I think that was probably in the ascendancy long before he came to the, you know, came to the table. But he certainly preyed on a lot of that. He's used that as a, as used that as a method to sort of stir up hatred and stir up that kind of polarization. Um, but it was there before. I mean, we've seen it here with Brexit. You know, I don't know how you how aware you are of what's been going on 
in the UK with the whole Brexit thing. But there was, again, this similar strength of feeling um, on both sides, you know, that I've never experienced before in my life. I've never experienced such belligerence and polarization in my life. And I think a lot of it is fed by, by the internet. And it, I think maybe it's something in the nature of the internet that in order to put an opinion across. It's, it's true to say, isn't it, that if you want to be sort of seen, um, you know, if you want to have a strong presence on the internet, the more belligerent, the more hateful, the more negative you are, the more of an impression you make. And I think that that kind of feeds into that a lot, unfortunately. I asked for Stephen's perspective on what instrument works where. In other words, how would he explain his songwriting philosophy? Yeah, it's not it's not really something I'm particularly conscious of. I, I think, you know, at the risk of making it sound quite banal, it's it's simply whatever particular sound or instrument is exciting me at any given moment. And the one thing I found working on the Future Bites is that when I picked up the guitar, which is the instrument that I'm most commonly associated with, I found I had very little left to say. I've, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 30 years now. Most of my music has started, you know, from the point of view of a guitar. And I'm finding, and I don't think, I think rock music in general is finding it increasingly difficult to reinvent itself uh, in the 21st century. Um, and it, it's a shame in a way because rock music was always so good at reinventing itself. You look through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, rock music would, every five years it would reinvent itself and come back afresh and seem like something vital that young people would want to be into. And I think that in, 20, in the 21st century, it's just been flattened by urban music um and part of that is its own fault you know I, I think when i pick up the guitar now i struggle to do anything on it and i'm not the world's greatest player obviously but i struggle to do anything on it that i don't feel like has been done a million times before um it doesn't feel fresh to me. so the reason i'm saying this is that when i'm writing the songs for the future price i did find myself gravitating more towards synthesizers electronic sound which to be fair is the sound of the world we live in you know it reflects the sound sound we're living in right now we live in the electronic world so those sounds i just found more inspiring but i found that it was i found that it was quite a logical step to take my kind of aesthetic and my musical vocabulary into that world it do, i don't think this sounds like a massive massive change in 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 my style but at the same time, superficially, it's it's quite a different uh, set of musical forces I'm using. And that wasn't that wasn't something particularly conscious. It's just, I guess, what was exciting me more was when I was playing the keyboards, I was getting more inspired by the sounds rather than the guitar. Stephen had a lot to do with Opeth's reinvention. The three albums, Blackwater Park, Deliverance and Damnation, from 2001, 2 and 3 respectively, turned Opeth into what I feel is a modern-day Deep Purple. So I asked him, how important were those albums for his career? I mean, at the time, I think um, myself and, and Mike were in a very similar situation to each other, but coming from very different directions. So he was coming from a background uh, as a death metal performer, 
but wanting to broaden his his you know his creativity and at the same time i was coming from a very different direction and becoming more interested i was coming more from sort of psychedelic and progressive music but becoming more interested in the possibilities of 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 heavy you know heavier sound so it's interesting how we kind of both kind of met at a similar we were almost like passing trains that had come from different directions but arrived at a similar point so for me working with opeth was a way to give them a perhaps more um more of a sophistication in the production um more more kind of layers in the sound uh, more subtlety in the sound and also to be able to learn a little bit more about the world of extreme brutal metal music which i then took away and incorporated into my my band at the time porcupine tree so it was a very mutually uh beneficial experience and i'm, I'm one I'm, I'm still very very pleased and proud to have been a part of for sure yeah due to the colossal success of those three opeth albums surely he got a bunch of requests from metal bands asking him to work with them I did, and I said no to all of them because <laughs> none of them were as good as Opeth. I think that was part of the problem that that when you work with Opeth, you kind of spoil in a way. Um, just the sophistication and the musicality that Michael has is really, you know, quite exceptional. But it's interesting. It's interesting you pick up on that because I think for me, um, it's not the first time I would have come come up against that kind of uh, resistance from the fan base, albeit it was through a third party in that case opeth it wasn't my band but certainly a lot of what people perceived as you know them wimping out or however you want to put it i was blamed for a lot of that and it's not the first time i came up against that and i and I, i think ever since then i've taken it almost as a badge of honor when i upset the the hardcore fans and i'm doing it again now with future bites you know i know there are some of my fans that are really upset because i'm not playing traditional progressive rock and it's not guitar and it's 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 move it's more electronic it has more aspects of a pop sensibility to it i know there are people that are really upset this is something i'm used to almost with every album and that sense that kind of will to 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 evolve and not to not repeat myself um is very strong in me is very strong in me All right, that's a wrap. From here, Stephen and I exchanged pleasantries and he moved on to the next interview. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. I'm the host of this show, Scars and Guitars, that syndicates for the A-List Online. That interview subject was the one and only Stephen Wilson. Thank you so much for tuning in.